Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Before the episode, we want to take a second to talk about one of my absolute favorite movies I've seen this year, Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Actress Carrie Mulligan. It's Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh, and critics are calling it a game-changing masterpiece. It's now out on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD with exclusive bonus content that takes you behind the scenes of this edge-of-your-seat story with the cast and writer-director Emerald Fennell. We are so lucky to have three Blu-ray copies to give away to you, so head over to our Instagram at sartorialgeek to enter and be sure to check out Promising Young Woman. Before our episode, we want to take a minute to thank a couple of our Patreon supporters. If you would like to join these wonderful humans, you can go to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek and check out our rewards from $3 to $25. And all of that money goes straight into doing things like keep this podcast going and keep our magazine going and pay our editors and host our website. So this week, we want to thank Jennifer, Katie Beth, Michelle, Samara, Abigail, and Amanda. Thank you so, so much. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan Denae, and I am here with Matt Mayer Lowry. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. We're going to talk about a Kickstarter that's happening with your comic. Yes. I've got something called Thoughtscape Comics. It's an anthology series with stories that are all written by me and drawn and colored and inked and lettered and all that stuff by some of my favorite comic art folks. It's a sort of a sci-fi anthology, 2000 AD, Black Mirror, Twilight Zone kind of thing. So yeah, hopefully pretty fun and lots of kind of something for everybody is my hope with uh, a variety of stories and art styles and stuff. That's so cool. So you're going to write all the stories and then have different artists for each of the stories? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, I've, I know, you know, I have grand designs of having other folks come in and write stuff too. But to get started with and keep it manageable, we'll keep it as contained as possible. So yeah, but it should be fun. And so far it's been, you know, I've got material ready for almost three issues. So it's been super cool to work with like a wide variety of folks and lots of different styles and stuff. Part of the reason that we do the magazine the way we do it is because I think it's really cool to take like a core idea and then see different people's twists on it or reactions to it or their like creative ideas behind it. But I don't think maybe I have, but I feel like I I don't know any other anthologies that way where like it's a single author and a bunch of different artists. That's super cool. Yeah, it seemed like it, I hadn't quite seen it before. There's a couple of folks like uh, Dustin Weaver does a similar thing where it's like an anthology series. But Dustin is, of course, an amazing artist and he does everything himself. So but I hadn't quite seen something where somebody does like the writing and the other folks come in and do like different stories and different styles and everything. So yeah, I think uh, hopefully it will be interesting and it's super fun to you know, I, I wrote Life Formed, which was, you know, sort of in its own sort of YA sci-fi zone. So to like write in, uh, I don't know, you know, four different stories an issue with different, some just straight up funny, some kind of dark and funny, some just super violent or whatever. Like, um, it's fun <laughs> right. to like flex different muscles and stuff. So yeah, it's been a blast so far. 
I got to read the first issue, which I feel very lucky. And so they're all going to have like a similar backbone. Is that what you're saying? Like they're all going to be like, why don't you explain? They're sort of like an overall <laughs> world, like this thoughtscape, whatever, little mini universe that everything takes place in, but they're all just super loosely connected. There's no real continuity necessarily between the stories. You could just pick up an issue and, you know, read it and I think be totally fine. But there's just some sort of, you know, backdrop that is all sort of set against that goes over a long span of time, if that makes any sense. And then there within that, there are a couple ongoing stories. So my goal right now is to have two ongoing stories that will go throughout the end, throughout every issue. And then each issue will also have two self-contained stories. But I know how it is like when you pick up the new issue and you don't remember what happened in the last one anyway. So I figured like if the ongoing stories are like seven pages each, you can just go back and read the first issue real fast and catch up with the ongoing stories and uh, yeah, try to keep it as uh, everybody's attention spans feel really uh, precious. Well, and I'm also going to say from personal experience, like my brain does not function as well as I feel like it used to. Like even for normal things, just remembering like, TV shows that I love, just remembering what happened a week ago is harder <laughs> than totally. it was before. Totally. I mean, like, I have to go back and reread almost anything I read just on a monthly basis. So I figure, like, if I'm going to try to do this quarterly, and so I figured, well, if each story is just six to eight pages, that's not too much to ask somebody to go, like, flip back through it and then check out the new one, and it'll take just a few minutes. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But a part of this too is like I wanted it to be real, uh, a little bit like an art project too. And so I think that all the art is really unique. And part of the joy of it to me is just like seeing different newer artists, indie artists, and their different styles. And as a comic nerd, like part of it to me is just the art anyway, providing a showcase for that and anything somebody can just pick up and flip through and appreciate just on a like visual level. So that's something that's super cool about comics. So I didn't grow up reading comics and something that I learned as I started to get into it as an adult is like, cause I don't know, growing up, I would watch like a Disney movie and then the characters look the same through the whole movie. But something that's so cool about comics is like, you know, they have similarities, like the character is the same character, but different artists have different interpretations of it. And that took me so long to like <laughs> understand. I was like, no, that's not, it looks different. And it was like, yeah, that's how comics work. Yeah, totally. They look different depending on who's drawing, but that's gotta be really cool to see your characters take form in different ways, depending on who's illustrating. Yeah, for sure. And like, there's enough shared elements in the, you know, between all the stories that like you get to yeah, see different people's takes on stuff. And, and I did that with Lifeformed a little bit too, like commission like some other artists to do pieces just to see what the different vibes are. And that's like super fun to see different folks takes on stuff. And yeah, it's always super interesting. So hopefully it should be nice and um, like a good, super varied experience, I guess, reading the comic. That's awesome. Can you tease any of like the plot of the first issue or like, I don't want to give any spoilers, but whatever you feel comfortable saying. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, no, that can give a little rundown. So the cover for the first issue is by Jenna Cha, who's amazing and does like, uh, in our case, it's kind of like a black and white sort of uh, creepy horror slash sci-fi piece was kind of inspired by like old 70s pulp novels, sci-fi novels. So that's super cool. And the first story is called Thoughtscape 2319. And it's sort of the flagship story of the, I guess, the whole series about kind of a cross between a police officer and a park ranger in the future who goes around collecting all 
all the thoughts that are ever thought in the universe are collected in these little stations. And her job is to just go out and collect these and bring them back so that they can be mined for like products and basically to feed this big corporation that runs everything. And so her story is of encountering some bad guys who are trying to steal thoughts. And then from there, it sort of uh, uncovers an entire sort of conspiracy thing that involves like space demons and all sorts of telepathy stuff and all that kind of thing. So pretty nerdy stuff, but pretty fun, I think. And that's drawn by Dave Law, who does this like really cool watercolor sort of technique mixed with real traditional comic inks and stuff. So... That's really gorgeous to look at, and uh, we'll be sort of running throughout all the issues if we get past the first issue here with the Kickstarter. And then there's a sort of spy espionage thriller that's really just an action piece for Tyrell Cannon, who is an amazing... I mean, he can draw anything, but his action stuff is just off the charts. He did like a Doom tribute comic a couple years back for Inktober. Yeah, like each day did a page of this comic and you can actually go buy like a ash can of it on his website. But uh, it's basically just like an adaptation of Doom and it's all just, yeah, mind-blowing. Like visually, his ability to like capture action beats and stuff. He just has all sorts of really cool ideas about how to do that. And he and I had been working on another story that will show up later down the line. But when I saw his Doom thing, I was like, oh, I need to write you just a full-on action fest. And so that's sort of like just 12 pages of, you know, guns and bullets and hard-boiled comic book narration and that kind of thing. So so that's super fun. And then there's a story about some android dolls that go uh, haywire, which probably much more than that is a little bit of a spoiler. But uh, that one is pretty much in the like sort of black mirror, dark comedy sort of vein. The last one is called Ex Post Facto, and it's about this guy who is kind of a detective and kind of something else that will, I won't spoil that, but it's basically like I wanted to write something really very Twin Peaks influenced and sort of a little surreal. And I just kind of started writing in the middle of quarantine, like probably a year ago, I guess that I kind of started it and just started making notes to myself. And after a few months, I started weaving those into a story and this is what came out of that. So it's very uh, just in Matt's brain, Rewatching Twin Peaks, not leaving the house except to go run around a little bit. Yeah, so we'll see. It's pretty fun, I think. And the art is by Carl Slominski, who is uh, super good and does like a real mixed media approach across the entire story. So like you, you're seeing like real traditional comics panel or whole thing in one panel. And then the next panel will be this crazy watercolor thing. And then it'll go back to something else. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I forgot to mention that on the Adorable Orphans is the Android doll story. And that was drawn by Lisa Nafziger, who's does real great kind of pop party bright stuff that's a real contrast to the stories that it sits between so that's so cool that there's so many different types of things in one this is all in the first issue right that's coming out with the kickstarter yeah that's super cool because then like even if only three of those sound super interesting to you you know that's still like you can find something for everyone which is awesome yeah it should be cool and like i can't imagine that somebody who likes comics won't find something at least to like look at that is pleasing to them i kept feel i kept getting art in i'm like well even if i blow it this stuff looks amazing <laughs> 
Honestly, that's the best part of working with really cool people. You're like, even if I don't like my yep. stuff, everyone else is doing a great exactly. job. Exactly. Like, well, at least I'm going to get by on the art, uh, if nothing else. So. Yeah, which is the eternal creative struggle, totally. I feel like. It's really easy to look at how great your friends are and doubt yes. yourself how we all <laughs> move through yes, life. <laughs> definitely spent a lifetime doing that. That's awesome. And then, so like you said, this first Kickstarter is like for these four stories and then hopefully it'll be a quarterly thing where new issues will come out and people can like see where the project goes. Yeah. Part of it is that I'm going to do it anyway. So it's like the Kickstarter will enable me, I hope, to get a few, like a bigger audience. That's how all of my yeah. Kickstarter <laughs> projects have been. Like I'm doing it anyway. Might as well at least see if I can like not lose yeah, money. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> begin to recoup tiny little bits of something. Right, right. Yeah. Because I've got stuff for about three issues at this point. I've got more I want to do and it'll get done eventually. But it's like if we can kickstart it, then maybe it can actually move on schedule and not have to sweat, you know, where's the money for this story going to come from? Oh, yeah. It's a lot easier to do things when it's paid for. So totally. <laughs> yep. Did you say how many pages? I can't remember. You may have already said. I did not. The first issue is like 44 pages. Cool. I'm roughly trying for that for every issue. But the stories are totally dictating, you know, how long they are. I'm not always trying to hit a certain page thing. I'm just do it, trying to tell as much as I need to. Some of the issues might end up being a little shorter. Some might be longer. It'll just depend. And I do have like a little bit of a plan if, if the Kickstarter goes bonkers, like some recent Kickstarters that I've seen. I've got some ideas for maybe putting even more pages in the first issue with stuff that's already done for subsequent issues. So, oh, cool. So that could be a little stretch goal thing if I'm lucky enough to get to that point. Yeah, it's so hard to guess how projects are going to go <laughs> this mm -hmm. year. Like, I feel like harder than ever before, but I am really happy that it seems like Kickstarters are still happening. Like, people still want to support artists, and some of us are not in the same financial situation, but like a lot of people who have kept their jobs. Like, I'm really happy to see that it seems like there's a lot of putting money into things we care about. For sure. And this seems like a really good gift too, because you know it's going to be something that uh, no one has already because it's brand new and there's something for everyone. So I, I think that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I hadn't uh, thought about pitching it that way. So yeah. I gift Kickstarter stuff all the time because sometimes I'm like, I really want this but I don't really need more of this thing. <laughs> right, <laughs> but like, right. I know a friend will love this. So then it's win-win, which I think is great. Totally. Yeah, that's a great idea. And uh, do you have the... We're recording a little bit before it's launched. Do you have like the dates and stuff ready? I wasn't sure if that's all planned out. No, I think, uh, or at least my plan, and I think I'm going to stick to it, is March 29th would be the launch date, and then I'll run it through May 2nd. So it's like a, a little bit over a month, but the way the month broke down, it seemed like it made sense. So Yeah, cool. Okay, so basically the month of April, it'll be up. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. Is this the main project you're working on right now, or are you still writing other stuff? Yeah, this is pretty much it, I guess. The part of this came about because I was I worked for... Time has so warped now. I can't yeah. remember when it was probably before last year, before 2020, I was focused on like kind of doing some short stories, kind of doing some pitches and also trying to 
keep life form going, which had been a dark horse, but is no longer a dark horse. And hopefully we'll have some news about that soon, <laughs> especially with how things went last year when I was going to, you know, maybe talk to some publishers at some cons about the pitches I had going. And then that, all that just, of course, fell apart. Dude, every interview I've done so far this year is like, well, my grand plans of during the con circuit <laughs> last year have just yeah. <laughs> disappeared. I was so ready. I was so ready. I intended to launch an entire like social media freelance for nerdy companies oh, in wow. February. So yeah. I went to C2E2 with like my little packets to give out to brands. And I had one convention. <laughs> I was like, well, that's the end of that. So yep. guess we'll try again later. Another time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yes, can yeah, relate. It's a lot of uh, brutal in the small scale, of course, in light of everything else. But I was already getting the pitches that I was working on were things that I really cared about because I'd kind of gotten to the point where the pitching process was becoming like more frustrating than anything else. And just, you know, you work on like seven to 10 pages of something. And then if nobody wants it, it's so, you know, it's timing, it's how much is on the people's plates that you happen to know that you're giving stuff to, to check out. There's just like, it's so out of your control. But the thing that was really bothering me about it was you'd come up with this thing and then like, it wasn't a finished piece. It was just a pitch. And so you can't really, you know, turn around and sell that at a con or really show it to people. And so I'd kind of started turning the corner just like, well, I'll just focus on short stories and stuff that I know I can afford to put out myself. And so it was sort of through that process that I realized that if I figured out some way to kind of loosely group this stuff with like in this case under the Thoughtscape umbrella that I could package it up and have a handful of projects, not just one that I could then you know, give to people. And at least it's like a complete package and it gets to like live its life as a story versus just kind of, you know, a pitch that ends up getting tossed because it didn't suit the market at whatever point or didn't work for whoever. So now I'm just kind of focused on this and now I'm having so much fun with this. It's like, I just want to crank out, you know, 10 to 12 pages for some new person to draw so I can find someone, you know, new to work with and kind of add to the little uh, family, I guess, that uh, is, is forming around it. And hopefully Life Formed will be kind of coming back around and we'll eventually get to a third volume of that uh, story as well. But um, I write a lot ahead. So I've got the outlines for, you know, books three and four of that series done long time ago. So yeah, that'll just all be about execution, I guess. That's a great problem to have, though. That's yes. the opposite of the way I do things. So. <laughs> Good for you for knowing. I mean, that seems very smart as a writer to have an idea of where your stories are going. Totally. Yeah. Like with those, for some reason, it always, and I guess I did the same thing with the ongoing stories that I mentioned in the Thoughtscape stuff. It's just like kind of when it comes out, it just all comes out. So I just, uh, yeah, capture it while I can. And then I can all, like, and then have plenty of time to go back and edit it and see what works and didn't work. Cause I have found through this process that I like to give something like a month or two to breathe and then go back to it and I can make it. 50% better at least. So yeah, that uh, has been a good discovery that I think fits with that sort of mode of everything just kind of flowing out at one time and then you can come back and tweak it all around. So yeah, that's awesome. So we'll link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. And then I think I recently learned this, that when you follow people on Kickstarter, it also then tells like Kickstarter will tell you when they have future projects. So I oh, okay. feel like everyone interested 
should follow you on Kickstarter because then they'll know about future issues too. But where are the other places for people to follow you online? Because Kickstarter, like it's easy to search things, but I feel like social media or websites are also easier to remember. Yeah, and I'm being pretty obnoxious with the promotion on my stuff. So it should hopefully be easy to find. <laughs> I am on Twitter and Instagram at Matt, M-A-T-T-M-L-P-D-X, which is the Portland airport code. And those are the ones, yes. those are the ones I look at still. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want my LinkedIn or something, but uh, right, yeah. right. <laughs> something really fun. Yeah. So I'm on there talking a lot about this stuff and retweeting other comic stuff that I really enjoy. So perfect. Yeah. So if anyone's listening on time in April, 2021, this is, this project will be live. And then hopefully there will be future projects. If anyone's listening, like in the future, maybe you'll have the next Kickstarter projects up, which is awesome. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, we can make it some kind of regular thing. That's uh, one of my questions is how many Kickstarters can you actually do in sequence? So it'll be interesting if the first one goes to see what how to work the subsequent ones. So yeah, well, I feel like it gets easier and easier. So I hope <laughs> I hope you have the same experience cool. with that. Um, and I'm super excited. I hope everyone backs this because I loved what I got to read. Um, and it is beautiful. And this is like the kind of story. Finding, I feel like there are different levels of quarantine where people want different types of stories, but this is yeah. definitely a type of escape, which cool. is nice. So. <laughs> That's good to hear. Sometimes I just want, you know, the lightest, fluffiest, like Animal Crossing land, but sometimes, yes. you know, stuff like this is very, very nice too. So thanks so much. This is super exciting. And I, I hope your Kickstarter gets funded and uh, it was great to talk to you. Yeah, great talking to you too. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you want to hear more like this, you can subscribe to the Sartorial Geek Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review or head to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek. Thank you so much. Have a great day.